Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Father, you have promised that when your word goes forth, it will accomplish the purposes for which you send it. We simply say, keep that promise this morning in our own hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I, I suppose I don't have to tell you this. The internet is, is an amazing thing. <laughs> is, is that news to anybody? <laughs> you can become a pretty good mechanic, you know, by watching a bunch of YouTubes and watching mechanics tell you how to fix a car. You can become a pretty good mechanic. If you're a history buff, there are places on the internet where you can learn an awful lot about history. Kind of have to be careful which it is. You might learn some fake history, but, uh, but there are some good sites out there. I was, I was looking at a site uh, of treaties, a, a list of treaties. Well, actually it was Wikipedia, but and there's, a, there's a list, I hate to admit it, but there's a list of, of all the treaties that have been discovered between nations going back before the time of Christ. For example, in 1259 BC, the Egyptians and the Hittites signed a treaty. I guess, I guess you'd call it signing. I don't know. There was a, a stone block there, and there were hieroglyphics on that stone block about their treaty. One of the more interesting treaties on, on, the, on that site was called the Eternal Peace, or the Perpetual Peace. And uh, maybe some of you know of it. It was signed between the leaders of the Eastern Roman Empire and Persia. I don't know, 500 and something, I think, A.D. And uh, the perpetual peace lasted eight years before Persia broke it. The, <laughs> the eternal peace lasted eight years. That's kind of the way peace goes, isn't it, in this world? It's uh, eight years. wasn't very long. Our lesson for this morning, though, talks about peace of a different kind. This is a perpetual peace, an eternal peace, and it is a peace that was established by God himself, peace between himself and humankind. And it's found in our lesson for this morning, which is found in Romans chapter 5, beginning with verses, well, with verses 1 and 2. And of, of course, chapter 5 begins with verse 1 and, uh, and continues with verse 2, <laughs> I suppose. And, uh, and so we'd like to read that right now, and here's what it says. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There's our lesson, and that is the word of God upon which we want to meditate for the next, next few minutes. Our lesson begins with the word, therefore, and of course, when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you want to ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? And, and when you see the word therefore in the scriptures, it's always a mirror that points back to something that's either just, been, if it's in the gospels, it's, it's an event maybe that has just occurred, or something that Jesus has just said, or in the epistles, it's always to something that has been elaborated upon earlier in in, a, in, a, in one of the letters, and then now Paul says, therefore. And what he's referring to with this therefore is it's pointing back to chapter 4. 
And he says something at the beginning of chapter 4, and then he elaborates it all the way through chapter 4, elaborates on it. And then at the end, he repeats it in chapter 4 again. And what is he pointing to? It's this statement. So it's actually a quote from the book of Genesis. And it is this statement. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Then, of course, like I said, he spends the rest of chapter 4 elaborating on it. And then at the end of chapter 4, he repeats that phrase or something very close to it. It's very interesting when he elaborates on this, by the way, in chapter 4. Because what he is, he's trying to get across to the Roman Christians and to you and me too, is that it is not by righteous living that we are counted righteous. It's not by righteous, I mean, that would, that would naturally flow that if we have righteous lives, then we're righteous. But what St. Paul says is even Abraham, even as righteous as he was, was not counted righteous by God's standard because of his life. He wasn't good enough. Even Abraham wasn't good enough to be counted righteous by God. So what was it that made Abraham righteous? Well, he believed God. He believed the promise that God had given to him. And God counted him as righteous even though he wasn't. And in chapter 5 now, well, and, and, well, and actually also in the end of chapter 4, he says, in the same way you and I are counted righteous when we believe God's promise that our sins were taken away at Calvary when Jesus died. And so the forgiveness that was won for you at the cross, in fact, it was won for the whole world there on the cross, becomes personally yours, and the Holy Spirit touches your heart and moves you to say, I believe it. I really am forgiven. Jesus really is my Savior. He's the Savior of the world, but he's really my Savior. I, I believe it. Then it's yours in a personal way. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We come to chapter 5. There's the therefore. Having been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Now, this peace with God was established at Calvary. We've already said it becomes ours personally when we believe it. And the Holy Spirit works that faith inside our hearts. But there's another peace that is a byproduct of that peace. And that is the peace that St. Paul calls in Philippians the peace that passes all understanding. And that is a peace in our heart. So one piece is peace with God. That's outside of us. That's in God's heart. But then as an outflow of that, whoops, there's a, there is peace in our heart. And that's the peace we want to spend the next few minutes talking about because it flows from that other peace and there is too little of it. If I were to surmise, if I were to make a guess, I would say there's too little of that in your heart and I know there's too little of it in mine, the peace that we experience. That's the peace that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6 when he says this, I tell you, do not worry. You ever worry? Is there anybody who doesn't worry? I became an expert in worry when I had kids. I began to develop an expertise in it. And, and uh, 
it's funny how you, you think you're not a worrywart, and then you have kids, and then you're worried all the time about them. But Jesus says, do not worry. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? When he says you are more valuable, what he means is you are more valuable to God. He's placed great value upon you. He say, I don't deserve that. Of course not. But he still does it. He loves people. You know, some people love dogs. We, it, they just love them. I, I don't know why. They, they treat them like a member of their family. It's, it's, it's kind of disconcerting to me sometimes to see somebody doing that and letting the dog lick them on the lips. And I think, oh, parasites. And, 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 <laughs> but they just love dogs. Well, God just loves people. He loves the human race that he created. And the peace that you have in your heart is a direct outflow of the peace that he established with you on Calvary, but it is largely dependent upon faith. In other words, do you trust him? Right? That's, that's what we're getting down to. Do you trust him? Are you not more valuable than they? He's saying... You can trust your heavenly father. Are you not more valuable than they? Don't you think he's going to take care of you if he takes care of the sparrows? That's what he's saying. Is it not true that when we worry, we dishonor God? What has he done to make us doubt him? What's he ever done to make you doubt him? Nothing, right? Everything that he has done, especially when you look at the cross, is designed to cause us to trust him. I have some questions. Do you believe that when Jesus died, he died for you? That on the cross, your sins were paid? And the, and the Bible says, do you believe this, that the handwriting of the charges that were against you were all removed? What a comfort that is, isn't it? I got a lot of charges against me, but not anymore. You say, well, I know he died, but man, I've done some pretty bad things. Do not think so lightly of the blood of the Son of God. Do not think so lightly of his grace that he cannot forgive you. In fact, by the way, you know what St. Paul says in just four more verses? He's going to say this. He says, Christ died for the ungodly. That's who he, that's who he died for. <laughs> hey, that describes me. So I know he died for me. So I know I have a Savior. He's a savior for real sinners, my friends. Second question, do I believe that God will take care of my future? Do not worry. You are of more value than many sparrows. That's the way Luke puts it. You are of more value than many sparrows. Do I believe that God will take care of my loved ones? Do I believe that he will see me through my education? Do you believe that God has world events under control? Maybe none of these are the things that you worry about. Maybe you have something else that you worry about that steals your peace. Let me finish simply by saying this. Because of Jesus, God is your God. He hears your prayers, and he promises that he will work every detail of your life ultimately for your good. 
so you can trust him and you can rest. Let's bow our heads, shall we? Gracious Father, you give the peace that the world cannot give, but we are set in the midst of many and great trials. And because of the weakness of our flesh, we cannot always stand upright. Oftentimes we have trouble trusting you, even though we know you are good, you are gracious to us. And so we pray now that you would, you would grant us grace and strengthen our faith to trust, to trust that you will support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is our peace. In Jesus' name, amen.